section seven of mary schweidler the amber witch this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. mary schweidler the amber witch by wilhelm meinhold translated by lucy duff gordon the twelfth chapter what further joy and sorrow befell us item how vidich appleman rode to damero to the wolf hunt and what he proposed to my daughter the lord blessed my parish wonderfully this winter inasmuch as not only a great quantity of fish were caught and sold in all the villages but in kosoro they even killed four seals item the great storm of the twelfth of december threw a goodly quantity of amber on the shore so that many found amber although no very large pieces and they began to buy cows and sheep from lipa and other places as i myself also bought two cows item my grain which i had sown half on my own field and half on old pasha's sprang up bravely and gladly as the lord had till datum bestowed on us an open winter but so soon as it had shot up a finger's length we found it one morning again torn up and ruined and this time also by the devil's doings since now as before not the smallest trace of oxen or of horses was to be seen in the field may the righteous god however reward it as indeed he already has done amen meanwhile however something uncommon happened for one morning as i have heard when lord vidich saw out of the window that the daughter of his fisherman a child of sixteen whom he had diligently pursued went into the coppice to gather dry sticks he went thither too wherefore i will not say but every one may guess for himself when he had gone some way along the convent mound and was come to the first bridge where the mountain ash stands he saw two wolves coming towards him and as he had no weapon with him save a staff he climbed up into a tree whereupon the wolves trotted round it blinked at him with their eyes licked their lips and at last jumped with their forepaws up against the tree snapping at him he then saw that one was a he-wolf a great fat brute with only one eye hereupon in his fright he began to scream and the long-suffering of god was again shown to him without however making him wiser for the maiden who had crept behind a juniper bush in the field when she saw the sheriff coming ran back again to the castle and called together a number of people who came and drove away the wolves and rescued his lordship he then ordered a great wolf hunt to be held next day in the convent wood and he who brought the one-eyed monster dead or alive was to have a barrel of beer for his pains 
still they could not catch him albeit they that day took four wolves in their nets and killed them he therefore straightway ordered a wolf hunt to be held in my parish but when the fellow came to toll the bell for a wolf hunt he did not stop a while as is the wont for wolf hunts but loudly rang the bell on sina mora so that all the folk thought a fire had broken out and ran screaming out of their houses my child also came running out i myself had driven to visit a sick person at zempine seeing that walking began to be wearisome to me and that i could now afford to be more at mine ease but she had not stood long and was asking the reason of the ringing when the sheriff himself on his gray charger with three cartloads of toils and nets following him galloped up and ordered the people straightway to go into the forest and to drive the wolves with rattles hereupon he with his hunters and a few men whom he had picked out of the crowd were to ride on and spread the nets behind Damerot, seeing that the island is wondrous narrow there and the wolf dreads the water when he saw my daughter he turned his horse round chucked her under the chin and graciously asked her who she was and whence she came when he had heard it he said she was as fair as an angel and that he had not known till now that the parson here had so beauteous a girl he then rode off looking round at her two or three times at the first beating they found the one-eyed wolf who lay in the rushes near the water hereat his lordship rejoiced greatly and made the grooms drag him out of the net with long iron hooks and hold him there for near an hour while my lord slowly and cruelly tortured him to death laughing heartily the while which is a prognosticon of what he afterwards did with my poor child for wolf or lamb is all one to this villain just god but i will not be beforehand with my tale next day came old seddon his squint-eyed wife limping like a lame dog and put it to my daughter whether she would not go into the service of the sheriff praised him as a good and pious man and vowed that all the world said of him were foul lies as she herself could bear witness seeing that she had lived in his service for above ten years item she praised the good cheer they had there and the handsome beer money that the great lords who often lay there gave the servants which waited upon them that she herself had more than once received a rose noble from his princely highness duke ernest ludwig moreover many pretty fellows came there which might make her fortune inasmuch as she was a fair woman and might take her choice of a husband whereas here in kosoro where nobody ever came 
she might wait till she was old and ugly before she got a kerch on her head etc hereat my daughter was beyond measure angered and answered ah thou old witch and who has told thee that i wish to go into service to get a kerch on my head go thy ways and never enter the house again for i have naught to do with thee whereupon she walked away again muttering between her teeth scarce had a few days passed and i was standing in the chamber with the glazier who was putting in new windows when i heard my daughter scream in the kitchen whereupon i straightway ran in thither and was shocked and affrighted when i saw the sheriff himself standing in the corner with his arm round my child her neck he however presently let her go and said aha reverend abraham what a coy little fool you have for a daughter i wanted to greet her with a kiss as i always used to do and she struggled and cried out as if i had been some young fellow who had stolen in upon her whereas i might be her father twice over as i answered not he went on to say that he had done it to encourage her seeing that he desired to take her into his service as indeed i knew with more excuses of the same kind which i have forgot hereupon i pressed him to come into the room seeing that after all he was the ruler set over me by god and humbly asked what his lordship desired of me whereupon he answered me graciously that it was true he had just cause for anger against me seeing that i had preached at him before the whole congregation but that he was ready to forgive me and to have the complaint he had sent in contra me to his princely highness at stedin and which might easily cost me my place returned to him if i would but do his will and when i asked what his lordship's will might be and excused myself as best i might with regard to the sermon he answered that he stood in great need of a faithful housekeeper whom he could set over the other women-folk and as he had learnt that my daughter was a faithful and trustworthy person he would that i should send her into his service see there said he to her and pinched her cheek the while i want to lead you to honour though you are such a young creature and yet you cry out as if i were going to bring you to dishonour fie upon you my child still remembers all this verbotenus i myself should have forgot it a hundred times over in all the wretchedness i since underwent but she was offended at his words and jumping up from her seat she answered shortly i thank your lordship for the honour but will only keep house for my papa which is a better honour for me whereupon he turned to me and asked what i said to that i must own that i was not a little affrighted inasmuch as i thought of the future 
and of the credit in which the sheriff stood with his princely highness i therefore answered with all humility that i could not force my child and that i loved to have her about me seeing that my dear huswife had departed this life during the heavy pestilence and i had no child but only her that i hoped therefore his lordship would not be displeased with me that i could not send her into his lordship's service this angered him sore and after disputing some time longer in vain he took leave not without threats that he would make me pay for it item my man who was standing in the stable heard him say as he went round the corner i will have her yet in spite of him i was already quite disheartened by all this when on the sunday following there came his huntsman johannes kurt a tall handsome fellow and smartly dressed he brought a roebuck tied before him on his horse and said that his lordship had sent it to me for a present in hopes that i would think better of his offer seeing that he had been ever since seeking on all sides for a housekeeper in vain moreover that if i changed my mind about it his lordship would speak for me to his princely highness so that the dotation of duke philippus julius should be paid to me out of the princely irarium etc but the young fellow got the same answer as his master had done and i desired him to take the roebuck away with him again but this he refused to do and as i had by chance told him at first that game was my favorite meat he promised to supply me with it abundantly seeing that there was plenty of game in the forest and that he often went a-hunting on the streckelberg moreover that i he meant my daughter pleased him uncommonly the more because i would not do his master's will who as he told me in confidence would never leave any girl in peace and certainly would not let my damsel alone although i had rejected his game he brought it notwithstanding and in the course of three weeks he was sure to come four or five times and grew more and more sweet upon my daughter he talked a vast deal about his good place and how he was in search of a good huswife whence we soon guessed what quarter the wind blew from ergo my daughter told him that if he was seeking for a huswife she wondered that he lost his time in riding to kosoro to no purpose for that she knew of no huswife for him there which vexed him so sore that he never came again and now any one would think that the grapes were sour even for the sheriff nevertheless he came riding to us soon after and without more ado asked my daughter in marriage for his huntsman moreover he promised to build him a house of his own in the forest item 
to give him pots and kettles crockery bedding etc seeing that he had stood godfather to the young fellow who moreover had ever borne himself well during seven years he had been in his service hereupon my daughter answered that his lordship had already heard that she would keep house for nobody but her papa and that she was still much too young to become a huswife this however did not seem to anger him but after he had talked a long time to no purpose he took leave quite kindly like a cat which pretends to let a mouse go and creeps behind the corners but she is not in earnest and presently springs out upon it again for doubtless he saw that he had set to work stupidly wherefore he went away in order to begin his attack again after a better fashion and satan went with him as whilom with judas iscariot End of section seven